So Jesus, we pray that you help us know how we live in the freedom that you give. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Oh my goodness, this is fun. Oh my goodness. Thank you, New Hope, for being here. We'll do it again next hour as well if you want to stick around. We, we will be doing this every Communion Sunday, once a month, first Sunday in the month. So we will be together like we will be in heaven. So bring your friends, and we'll just pack them in this room. Uh, I want to start with a question. How would you fill in the blank to this sentence? I would love to be free from what? Maybe it's a money or a health problem. Maybe if you're a student, it's a class in school. You're like, I'd love to be free of AP calculus, right? Maybe it's the pressure to succeed, or maybe it's a bad habit, or maybe things are going great, but you're kind of bored, and you'd like to bust out of that for a bigger life. What would you like freedom from? I saw a video uh, recently of a farmer uh, that he took of one of his animals that needed some help, which he gave the help, but but after he filmed the video, take a look. <laughs> oh dear, that's funny. <laughs> Do you ever feel like that? That you have got yourself stuck in something and all your effort to get yourself out of it just makes it worse? Do you ever feel trapped like that? Right? Well, the good news is there was someone who can set us free. And his name is Jesus. And you can be free of whatever you need to be free from, except for maybe AP Calc. You may be stuck with that one. But we're going through the Bible in 10 weeks. We have seen so far that God created us to be in relationship with him, but we ran away from him uh, and rebelled. But God never gives up. So he pursues us. And he launches a rescue plan that he will give his message that he loves us to one man named Abraham and his descendants who become the nation of Israel. And they will form a new society grounded in justice, love, and mercy. And their job is to take that new society, that new way of living, and God's love to the whole world. Not just to Israel. The whole world. God's rescue plan from the get-go was always multiracial, multiethnic, multicultural from the beginning. From the beginning. So then Abraham has a son named Isaac. Isaac has Jacob. Jacob has 12 sons, which is more than anyone needs. And his sons, all the other sons, sell their younger brother, Joseph, into slavery in Egypt. But Joseph makes an impression on the king of Egypt named Pharaoh. He becomes prime minister. And then when a famine strikes, Joseph guides them through Egypt through unharmed. And then so his brothers, they're in the famine too. They come to Egypt with their dad to get food. They're reconciled with Joseph. They all move to Egypt and they stay. Generation after generation and they multiply. And that's where we pick up our story today. It says, then a new king who did not know Joseph came to power. Look, he said, the Israelites have become too numerous for us. We must deal shrewdly with them or they will join our enemies and fight against us. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor. So here's the first thing we need to remember about freedom. Often the things we turn to for security can become our bondage. Why were they in Egypt in the first place? Well, they went generations earlier to get food. 
And then they stayed. They went there to get security. And then they stayed. And then a new Pharaoh made them slaves. Anything other than God that we turn to for security can become our bondage. Money is a great tool. But if we rely on it more than God, the God who provides, it can become a bondage and we'll always be worried about having enough. Having people think well of us, being popular, that's a great thing. But if it's our security, then we'll always be anxious about pleasing everyone else, right? So what's your Egypt? What maybe have you gone to for security that is becoming bondage for you? Only God gives real security. A couple of uh, weeks ago, I told you about a friend of my parents, and her husband and son died of cancer within just a couple of weeks of each other, which is just horrible, right? And she had tons of grief, tons of pain. But in the middle of that, she said that God met her that, that in all kinds of ways, including right before her son died. He opened his eyes and, and, and looked around. There's no one in the room but her and said, oh, my goodness, who are all these people? And it's so beautiful here. And she knew that he was stepping into heaven. And she said, I felt God so powerfully present that it gave me courage and it gave me hope, even in the midst of my grief and pain. Because God is the only thing that can give us ultimate security because he's the only thing that we can never lose. So then the next thing that happens is Pharaoh orders that all the Israelite boy babies be thrown into the Nile River to be drowned. So he starts out with slavery and he progresses on to genocide. And I am sure the Israelites must have been like, where are you, God, in this? But God is already behind the scenes working to prepare a deliverer named Moses. And here's the other thing we need to re remember about freedom. Often when God begins to set us free, we don't see it at first. But he's working behind the scenes. So in the middle of this, a baby is born, Moses, and his mother puts him in a basket, floats him down river. Pharaoh's daughter finds him, takes him, and raises him in Pharaoh's own house where he learns leadership, which is what he's going to need to do, know how to do, to lead his people out of slavery. So here's the ironic twist, right? Did Moses' mother disobey Pharaoh's order? No. She obeyed it to the letter of the law. Right? He said, throw the babies into the Nile. That's just exactly what she did. She threw her baby into the Nile. Right? Pharaoh didn't say how to throw the babies into the Nile. There was no fine print about no baskets, no footnote. Right? So look what God does. God makes Pharaoh's order to oppress the Israelites backfire and lead to their liberation instead. Only because Pharaoh tried to kill the boy, ba boy babies was Moses raised in Pharaoh's house where he learned leadership to set his people free. Because God overrules evil and uses even the worst things to be the eventual servant of our freedom and our joy. Because that's what God does. That's who God is. So Moses grows up and God says, set my people free. So he goes to Pharaoh and he says, let my people go. And Pharaoh says, no. I won't. And Moses didn't expect that, right? So that's gonna, the things are going to be harder than he thought. Sometimes things get worse before they get better. That's how it works, right? So then the Israelites, so then Pharaoh, to punish them because of Moses, he makes their work even harder for the Israelites. He makes them make bricks without straw, right? So then the Israelites get mad at Moses and they say, may the Lord judge you. You've made us obnoxious to Pharaoh. In other words, stop trying to help us. Which brings me to another point. Getting free may be uncomfortable, maybe hard. See, the Israelites, they don't like being slaves, but at least it's predictable. They know what to expect. There's always someone there to feed them, right? Freedom, that's kind of scary. Who's going to feed them? See, we will trade our freedom for security every single time. 
Because getting free can be hard. It can be uncomfortable. It's God's power that liberates us, but we have to leave our comfort zone and cooperate with God to be set free. Because here's the thing. If we don't embrace change, we will never change. And many of the people in New Hope Revival and many of, some of you in this room, you know this because you left your country, which, which you knew, which was the known, to come to this country, which was unknown. That's out of your comfort zone, right? But God can use that to bring you new opportunities. See, God always asks us to cooperate with him in our liberation, in our deliverance. And that's hard, right? We love the idea, for instance, of having a great marriage, but we don't like the work of loving each other the way Jesus tells us to love each other. We love the idea of racial healing, but we don't want to do the hard work of trying to do what we're doing here today, which is to embrace difference, right? And put Africans and Americans and Asians and Latinos and young and old all together in one community and not force everyone to be the same. Like we said, if you're Pentecostal, be Pentecostal. If you're Presbyterian, be Presbyterian. If you're in between and confused like me, be confused. Right? Not to make a political statement, but because of and in the name of and through the power of our liberating King Jesus. See, we like, you can do that. You gave him, you, you gave him hallelujahs. You can give me that. <laughs> yeah, you're also going to get two preachers once a month. So we love the idea of freedom, but often we're afraid of the process because it may be hard. And it may take longer than we want. Eventually, Moses does get them out, but then they wander in the desert for 40 years trying to find the promised land. It took them a longer time than they thought, right? It took Moses one night to get them out of Egypt. It took God 40 years to get Egypt out of them and get rid of their slave mentality of fear and all of that. Recovering from an addiction or changing old patterns of behavior, right? That can take a while. We've got to cooperate with God for our own deliverance. So, for instance, one of the things I always need freedom from is discouragement. I am easily discouraged, and I partner with my discouragement. I cooperate with discouragement, not with God, and I kind of dwell in it, and I kind of go, oh, I'm the worst pastor ever. I should quit and be a mail carrier in San Diego. I could wear shorts every day, which would be awesome, but uh, it's, uh, <laughs> there's a person in the front row who knows me really well. He just said to his wife, it's true. It's true. He does that. Uh, uh, that would be awesome, but that's not what God is calling me to do. So to cooperate with God, I need people in my life who will say, stop it. You're getting on our nerves, right? Which my wife does very effectively. But I also need God's power and focus on God and ask the Holy Spirit to remind me again that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And when those two go together, God's power and my cooperation with it, I'm encouraged. It takes both my power or God's power and my cooperation. The porn addict who puts software on his computer that reports every website that that person visits to someone else who can hold him accountable, right? Your mother would be a good person to get that report, <laughs> right? That's a bondage-breaking move. The marriage that admits that it needs help and gets counseling and asks God to help them see each other the way God sees them, that's a bondage-breaking move. God is at work to free us even if we don't see it, and we need to cooperate with him. And when we do those things, when that happens, we get three things. First, we get free. The Israelites, they get out of Egypt. Second, God makes us more than we think we are. 
In this passage, God says to Moses, I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will bring you to the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. From and to. God doesn't just deliver us from, he delivers us to a bigger life, a better life, a life of more courage, a life of more joy. From and to. He makes us more than we think we are. At the end of this passage, God tells Moses to go back to Pharaoh and try it again. And Moses says, why would Pharaoh listen to me? I speak with faltering lips. I don't talk good, God. But God says, no, 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 Moses, no, 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 no. You are not the man of faltering lips. You are the liberator of my people. Through you, I will deliver a nation. Through you, I will divide the Red Sea. Through you, I will reveal my law. Through you, I will loose the chains of oppression, untie the cords of tyranny, and break the yoke of slavery. My power in you will set the captives free. That's who you really are, Moses. As I've uh, shared with you, my mom has Alzheimer's, which is a very, very cruel disease as we watch her memory slip away. And the way my siblings and I are getting through that is with Jesus and community. And one other super important thing, you need to have a sense of humor and be able to laugh. So recently, we found a great memory care facility for my mom. And after she'd been there a few days, the nurse of that facility called me and said, we're just trying to get your mom's story history right. And she's telling us stuff, but we don't know what's true and not. So was your mom ever a nurse? And I said, no, she wasn't a nurse. Um, And she said, okay, okay. Was she ever a Broadway dancer? (laughs) No. And she said, was she ever a backup singer for Kenny Rogers? Like, no, no. She, you know, she lived her whole life in Richland, Washington, right? Uh, and she said, okay, was your mom ever a teacher? Yes, yes, she was a teacher, yes. Right? Which is an awesome thing to be. It's just that she wasn't any of those other things. She lived her whole life in eastern Washington, right? But it made me laugh and feel good that, that in my mom's Alzheimer's, she's thinking she lived this incredibly glamorous life, liberated from Richland, Washington, She's thinking she's more than she actually was, is. When God sets us free from worry, he sets us free to take big challenges because we believe in a big God. When God sets us free from an addiction, he sets us free to help someone else with another addiction. He makes us more than we think we are. And then one other thing happens when God sets us free. We get a bigger picture of God. This passage says the Israelites did not listen to Moses because of their discouragement and harsh labor. You ever feel like that? The problem is so big. You feel so small. It's hopeless. But notice what God says. Now you will see what I will do. I am the Lord. I will free you from being slaves. I will redeem you with an outstretched arm. I will take you as my own people. Then you will know that I am the Lord. And I will bring you to the land I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the Lord. God says, you see, now you will see. Now you will see what I can really do. It doesn't matter how long or how strong your bondage is. When the power of God touches it, you'll be free. And notice how many times he says, I am the Lord. To every question, to every problem, he's saying, I am your answer. I am the solution. They say, God, we're slaves. He says, but I am the Lord. God, we're miserable, but I am the Lord. And that's not a second-rate answer. It's the best answer he could give. We say to him, Lord, I'm, 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 this big school problem or work problem, he says, I am the Lord. We say, but God, my job situation is impossible. He says, I am the Lord. As parents of small kids, we're always saying constantly, oh my God. And he says, yes, that's the point. 
I am the Lord and I am bigger than all your problems and I will use even bad things to set you free. Which we see in this story, which points to another story, a thousand, fifteen hundred years in the future. A king decrees that all male babies be killed, but nevertheless a baby is born. He grows up and goes out into the desert and comes back a liberator. The sentence of death was pronounced on him, but through that very sentence of death, he set his people free. Remind you of anyone? You're in a church. The right answer is always Jesus. <laughs> right? Who, when he was born, King Herod ordered all the male babies to be killed. He was tempted in the wilderness, came back the Messiah. And just like how God took the worst thing, Moses being cast in the Nile and used it for good, on the cross, Jesus takes the worst thing ever, uses it for good by paying the price for our sins and rising again from the dead. And the sentence of death pronounced on him brings us life because God sets us free. I recently heard a story from Jubilee Reach, the non-Christian, uh, non, uh, the Christian, not the non-Christian, the Christian nonprofit that we, this church started, and they help break cycles of poverty through all kinds of different services, one of which is site coaches in all the public schools to help out there, right? Well, uh, I heard a story last month, first day of school, there was a mom at one of the schools trying to register her six-year-old boy for school. But the little boy was scared, and the mom had had a terrible day. She'd been in the hospital all the night before uh, because of a health problem. She'd only got two hours of sleep. She had to get to work, so she was frazzled, stressed out. Well, the boy panicked, ran out of the school, and got in his car and locked the door. So the principal went after this little six-year-old guy. A few more adults came out. The mom was out there, right, tapping on the window, trying to get him to open up the car. But the little boy was just terrified. Well, pretty soon there's like five or six adults peering in, trying to get him to open up the car, right? And it was getting scary because it looked like the little boy was trying to start the car, which would have been awful. So this was a big incident, right? So after about 20 minutes, finally someone said, let's get Josh, the Jubilee Reach site coach. So they got him. Somehow Josh already knew this little boy because, see, God was at work in the background before anyone could see it. Josh knew this little boy somehow, went over to the window, the principal said, maybe if we didn't all look in at the window but step back and looked away, that might help, right? Within 90 seconds, little boy got out the car, grabbed Josh's hand, and Josh took him out to the playground and started to kick a soccer ball with him. So now this little boy's memory of his first day of school will not be trauma and fear. Instead, it will be this. There's a lot of getting free in that story. A stressed out mom finds freedom from her stress. A little boy having a panic attack instead gets an amazing memory of his first day of school. Josh, is, Josh was used, not just set free from, but set free to, maybe even change the trajectory of this kid's education by giving him a great start. And everyone could see, because everyone knows Jubilee Reach is Christian, the power of Jesus to set the captives free. You couldn't see it at first, but God had already prepared that little boy's deliverance with Josh. And Josh had to cooperate with God to be there in the first place. The little boy had to cooperate with Josh, but the result was freedom. Now, you may be going, well, that's nice, but that little boy's fears, right? They're, they're, they're kind of irrational. It's a little kid's fears, kind of irrational. I have rational fears. Do you now? <laughs> to him, that fear was just as real as our fears. And some of ours can be kind of irrational, but Jesus sets us free. Whether it's this little boy or that woman I told you about who lost her husband and son but still found God's presence 
that gave her courage and hope. Jesus sets us free. So what's your Egypt? What are you in bondage to? Ask Jesus to fill you with his hope and courage and show you the ways you can cooperate with him to be set free. Because see, the Bible says it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You are not a slave. You are not a captive. You are free in Christ. But God, there's this problem at work. I am the Lord. But God, my marriage is in trouble. I am the Lord. But God, my finances, I am the Lord. My Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Freedom reigns in this place. Filled with mercy and grace. And God says, now you will see. Now you will see what I can do. I restore. I redeem. I set free. I unloose chains through the power of my cross. I will deliver you to be a deliverer. I will heal you to be a healer. Rescue you to be a rescuer. And in my name, joy is rising. Hope is rising. Praise is rising. Victory is rising. You will walk in freedom again because who the sun sets free is free indeed. You're a child of Christ. You're free in him. So Jesus, you set the captives free. Lord, set us free from whatever it is that is binding us. In your name, we break those chains. Your name has the power to break those chains. And God, in your name, help us to set others free in your name as well. We pray this in your name. Amen.